it's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hey, everybody. Let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. This is the main event. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the main event. Mark's podcast. Happy 2021. I am your first host of the podcast, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and figure collector, Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia. He is the Jacques de my Raymond. He is the All-American Greg. What's up, Greg? <laughs> what up? <laughs> I told you I'd make the reference, so... Yeah. I. I was consider, you know, if that wasn't burying us enough, I was considering really going. I was going to say you were the genius to my Randy Savage. Hey, that man had some epic poetry. The poet laureate of the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> Why has nobody tried to claim that title after he left? I just, I don't get it. He just perfected it too much. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't, you can't get better. Than leaping Lanny Poffo. He set the bar and nobody can, can leap over it. You know, see what I did there? But ha <laughs> 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 jumping jokes. Alright, man. Well, we are officially moving on into the year 2021. And we're thinking good thoughts here. <laughs> so we're starting off with something from your childhood, something from about uh Nine months before I was born, we are going with the Royal Rumble 1990. I had personally never seen this show, so I'm trying to... That's actually what I'm trying to do in our future episodes, is kind of load up a lot of stuff that I've never seen before. Some of it is a rewatch, but I'm pretty sure literally everything we have on the schedule is a rewatch for you. Am I right? Yep. 
you've been more dedicated to wrestling much longer than I have been. So still am. Yeah, that is true. I, I'm, I still go back and enjoy the classics and all that. So but, uh, this was definitely a classic and it was a nice look back into the golden era of the WWE. I know you said there were a few moments on the show that hit you right in the feels and still get yeah. you excited to this day. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, especially that very end. Yeah, we'll right. Yeah. <laughs> we, we definitely will. But yeah, there's a lot to talk about with the news and notes. So let's just get right into it right here after our first break. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. Okay, news and notes from back in January of 1990. For new listeners, uh, this is what we do at the beginning of every show. And we thank you for joining us in the new year, giving something new a try. We hope you stick around. But before we get into the review of the show that we're actually talking about, we always talk about the news and notes from that time period, kind of the big stuff that's going on. Uh, the first one here is New Jersey voted 44 to 4 to deregulate pro wrestling, along, uh, although the bill has been passed up to the governor for signing and it might actually die there. I think it did get vetoed. What, what was that? Uh, there was a, a WrestleMania that was held there, wasn't it? Or some big event? And they, yeah. All right. WrestleMania 4 and 5. Okay. There, well, there was some big event, I remember, because they signed something into law to basically deregulate pro wrestling, and, like, The Undertaker was there. To that was 97. 97? SummerSlam. Okay. That was it. SummerSlam, yeah. So... It would take seven and a half more years after this to deregulate. Pr- oh, all- no, we can't go to Jersey and smell like ass. Oh, great. <laughs> I remember you telling me that because I've never been to New Jersey. You, you don't want to be. <laughs> and I remember you telling me how much you loved New York. And then you're like, and as soon as we went across back over to the Jersey uh, in, in, into uh, over the Jersey state line, it was just like a wall of stench run into you have to like go do it yourself to really understand it was that bad like well it, if you want it just to... smelled like horse manure everywhere and i'm being very very kind when i say that well if you want to be taken back into that mindset greg if you ever come out here and visit there's a place uh near yeah dayton uh named moraine so in... dayton yeah uh it's called his name moraine and when you go through it you know you're going through it because it smells like you're traveling through a sewer. (laughs) Yeah. It was really sad because I guess 
my wife said she lived there for a short time when she was a kid, and they always knew. They were like, we're home. It stinks. Eh, I say the same thing, but not for the actual smell. Anyways. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, in a sad note, uh, legendary football player and former NWA world champion Bronco Nagurski died. Did you know anything about him? Just I, I was the NWA champion. <laughs> yeah. I know you're a, more of a... You're a big football guy, so I didn't know if you knew anything. That, this was obviously way before your time when he played. Apparently, he was a big deal, so JR talks fondly about him. So, yeah, there you go. Was he a Sooner? I don't think so. Uh, but he, here we go, man. Jerry Jarrett huh, has a plan for a follow-up pay-per-view to Super Clash 3, but without the AWA, and doing a tractor pull has... It's an attraction instead. Oh, my God. How white can you get? Uh, tractor pole white, I guess. <laughs> That's the bar. I'm not even that white. I remember <laughs> I remember talking to talking to a guy, and uh, I was, he, I, he just came back from the county fair, and I was like, oh, how was it? He was like, oh, it was cool. Yeah, we went and saw the tractor pole. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. And then somebody else that was in the room, he was like, what's a tractor pole? And he's like, you've never been to a tractor pole? And he's like. Yeah, that's why I don't know what it is. What's a tractor pull? Exactly what I just said, word yeah. for word. You you tie a tractor with with a rope to something else, and it pulls it. And there you go, tractor pull. Good lord! But yeah, there's some weird stuff, man. <laughs> I like how. By the way, he's like. Well, we can't get the AWA, huh? Well, you know, so we don't have like, well, you know, a tractor pull, huh? Does he he probably say, well, said, you know that much. <laughs> <laughs> he probably said it just like that. Uh, he doesn't say it quite that much, but if anybody listens to his shoot interviews, he does. Like, I had to burst out laughing every time he dropped it because every once in a while he'd break it. He's like, well, you know. And I'm like, holy crap, he says it. <sighs> but yeah. It's so, not just to sell Bruce's podcast. Right. So if anybody uh, goes back, our bonus show last month was Super Clash 3. So you can listen to the abysmal, uh, I mean, uh, you know, the, the amazing success that pay-per-view was, and then think about a follow-up to that. Which TJ's with, bar for success is obviously low. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, high school flashback. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so they did do a follow-up with Super Clash 4 in the spring, and... Uh, I, I I I've never watched it. I I, I don't want to. So, but uh, speaking of the AWA, new AWA figurehead Joe Blanchard, father of Tully, is doing a deal where he where uh moves off the top rope or banned. So the Destruction Crew did three matches on uh the January thirteenth tapings where they did the Doomsday Device three times and were disqualified three times. That sounds like some Russo crap. That sounds like Bill Watts. I didn't he ban top rope moves? He did, and banned going over the top rope, I believe. Yeah. Oh, n- no going over the top rope, no coming off the top rope, and no pads to the outside because they were for weak women. I mean, I'm assuming that's how he put it because he was uh, not a good person. <sighs> He's still alive, right? Yeah, so he's okay. He's still not a good person. Okay, I mean, he was. He wasn't. Yeah, yeah. He changed so, his life now. 
Well, he wasn't a good person. Now all of a sudden he's uh, you know, in, in his you know eighties, he's turned over a new leaf. I guess. <laughs> That's about but, when you start making your peace with God. I think. You like to hope. Uh, Sid Vicious is scheduled <laughs> oh, to return. Going to hell. <laughs> right. Uh, Sid Vicious is scheduled to return from a, from his lung injury in June. But that's when his contract expires, and current thinking is that he'll be gone and headed for Titan, a.k.a. WWF. So no one's making any firm plans for him. Did did he go in 1990? Okay, eventually. He goes in summer of 1991. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, uh, he must have signed another extension here, or, or maybe they... I I've heard of ones where, like, guys will return from contract, and the whoever's in charge of the contracts get pissy and be like, well, since you were out so long, you have to, you know, stay longer on your contract because of it to fulfill it. Well, that's how it should work. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I mean, unless you're getting, like, paid and it's stipulated in the contract, then, yeah, I mean, if you're not working, but you signed a contract for that amount of time, then, yeah. Did it, I, I was just thinking, back in the 90s, you might not even get this reference, but, man, Sid was like Kirk Cousins, man. People uh, I know this keep name. giving that man a job. He is not good, and yet he keeps getting paid. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I think he has like pictures of every owner on his phone. Okay, it wasn't Kirk Cousins the guy who wasn't Kirk Cousins the you like that guy. I don't remember. That's all I remember about him was the where like after a game, like they he was he was with the Redskins. And they win a game, and he's, like, walking by the all the media, and he's just like, You like that! You like that! And they made a meme out of it. If that's true, that's probably why he's getting the damn contracts, because he can <laughs> get people to watch or something. I don't know. <clears throat> They're like, hey, that's the you like that guy. <laughs> like, like, who keeps signing this guy? Why do you keep giving him a job? I'm not, like, here sitting here wishing for anyone to be out of job, by the way. It's just like, this is your starting quarterback, by choice. Well, I mean, we could say that about Sid, but, I mean, you and I were talking about, what What was the one show we reviewed with the Skyscrapers where everybody in the crowd had an effing Sid sign? I think that was a uh, Clash of the Champions. I know it was... Uh, we were going crazy for him, too. Every was time it 89? I think so. Every yeah. time Spivey was in the ring, it was like, oh, whatever, and he got in, and it just blew the roof off and they were huge heels by the way and he's like not good like you said and the crowd just effing loved him so you're talking about how does he keep getting a job it's like what? well him i know he always had that it factor i mean yeah it's just like it's just a comparison it's like man sorry someone's gonna give him a job (laughs) which leads me to believe he could have very well been the next hulk hogan like vince wanted for him which just is is so incredibly stupid that he said, nah, I'd rather be a heel. Like, eh? I don't know. You I know, guess he... When you, think, when you think about it, Hogan makes too much money. I don't want all that. My thing was maybe he knew his ceiling for work ethic, and he was like, ah, I see all the stuff Hogan does. I, I'm i good. <laughs> I want to go, go play softball. So no one ever... <laughs> Well, I can make an Arkansas joke, but I don't want to turn off more listeners. I mean, we just did crap on New Jersey, so. 
Here yeah. you go, man. Here are the funny <laughs> ones. Here are the funny stories I just had to I had to put down. Reportedly, world boxing champion Mike Tyson has signed with the WWF to referee a match for the WWF. Mike Tyson made the announcement from a press conference in Japan where he's prepping to fight at the Tokyo Dome in a couple of weeks against some guy nobody's ever heard of. So it was a seven-star <laughs> uh, fight then, right? Well, of course. Uh, however, what is important is that Tyson is going to make a ton of money to referee the Hogan versus Savage match on the main event, which opens uh, us, uh, or which opens up speculation that Hogan wants Tyson at WrestleMania six. Sure, uh, the buy rate for that would be astronomical. Just as long as nothing happens to Tyson between now and the main event. But what are the odds of that? (laughs) (laughs) For those that don't get the joke, he got knocked out by Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas did uh, replace him as the ref, and nobody cared. Yep. Who cares, bro? (laughs) I think they should have just stuck with Tyson. I mean, I get what they were doing, but, like, I still think Tyson would have been a a much better bigger like attraction there but it's kind of like uh this article made reference they were like what were the odds of this happening nobody's ever heard of buster douglas that's like hey i mean that's like betting against ronda rousey against uh, holly holm i mean come the hell on that's true that was astronomical yeah although not to be that guy but i saw that coming but uh the wwf is actually playing coy with the nbc promotion locally in detroit basically doing a press conference in the city while avoiding all mention of the show being a live NBC special until the show sells out, which it is not done. Vince ducked all questions related to the network aspect of it. However, once the Tyson thing comes out, it's a guaranteed sellout, just as long as nothing happens to Tyson. <laughs> Don't worry, I will. Yeah, it's, it's money in the bank, man. Come on. <sighs> I like Bruce Pritchard's thing of it, where he said he was, like, on a plane. When he lands, he gets a phone call from Kevin Dunn. He's like, he got knocked out. He's like, who got knocked out? He said, Tyson. Like, by who? Buster Douglas. Who the hell is Buster Douglas? The guy who knocked out Tyson? Yeah. It's like, we can do this all day. Uh, The timing of this, by the way, kind of screws the NWA, because they had their Wrestle War pay-per-view two days later, with the big Flair versus Sting match on top. Well, as long as nothing happens to Sting before that match, I think that'll be fine, because what are the odds of that? (laughs) 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 This was just... My gosh. Wrestling gods are mad, man. (laughs) Yeah, we're like, screw you both. You're both getting screwed here. So... They're building up for Flair and Sting. Sting, you know, Flair's going to drop the title to Sting, and then he gets yanked off of a cage by security, by the way, and Sting just tears his knee out. <sighs> Good stuff, pal. But you know, he would get his his title win at the Great American Bash, so whatever. All right, uh, last story we got here. Uh, Despite insisting for months that Barry Windham was coming back, the WWF has now acknowledged he's done. So I forgot he was there the second time. Yeah, this was, what, number two of four times he popped up? Yep. Yeah. 
And next time we'd see him, he'd be the stalker. Yeah, that was a glorious one. Well, yeah, I mean, you joke, but who didn't want a stalker t-shirt back in the day? (laughs) His t-shirt is literally the WWF logo at Survivor Series 96. I know. I was like, (laughs) you literally, like, he Tommy Dreamered it. (laughs) Yep. I put them in the same wheelhouse. Oh, yeah, Barry Windham, uh, Tommy Dreamer, same, same. They're interchangeable. <laughs> All right, man, we're going to take our uh, next break. When we come back from commercials, we are jumping into WWF Royal Rumble 1990. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. At Total Wine & More, we know what pairs perfectly with summer. Go ahead, test us. What goes best with a beach trip? This crisp rosé. A pool party? Try these craft beers. Oh, you're good. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine & More. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back for the Royal Rumble 1990. This uh, took place on January 21st, 1990. The tagline, Every Man for Himself. The venue was the Orlando Arena. Guess where that is, Greg? Uh, I believe it's in, like, Davenport, Iowa. Seth Rollins was in attendance. (laughs) Most likely. Uh, No, uh, yeah, the Orlando Arena in Orlando, Florida, obviously. Uh, and the attendance was a sellout of 16,000, so obviously it wasn't that big of an arena. This is, is not the Amway Center, by the way, which I've been to, and is an amazing, amazing venue. Ah, yeah, I've never been to an arena in uh, in Orlando. Ah, that's that's a bucket list item, because I've heard the, the shows down there, like, uh, whenever, I mean, you can see it on TV, whenever WWE goes to Orlando, it's usually a pretty hot crowd. Pay-per-view buy rate for this, they had 260,000 buys. Compare that, by the way, to the show we reviewed last week, uh, Starcade 2000, which had 50,000 buys. That was only because people knew it was the last one, probably. Yeah. It's like you. It's like when you and I tuned into Bound for Glory that one year, because we thought it might be the last TNA show ever. You remember doing that? I do. And we regretted it. <laughs> we were like, it's not even the last one. Uh, but Vince McMahon opens the show with his over-the-top voiceover over the opening video, hyping us up. God, I, like, I miss this, man. Like, this was always the opening to the Royal Rumble for h- how many years did he do this? I feel like 1992 was the last one. Yeah, uh, kind of sucks. I, I mean, I get that they did more, um, they started working in more, like, surprise entrance, so you can't really sit there and name everybody, but, yeah, I don't know, that was always cool, he would just, like, run down all the all the names you can expect to see. Uh, I said it's still crazy to me to hear Tony Schiavone comment, uh, commentating a WWE event, it just... Yeah, it just, it did feel weird, but I liked I, it. Yeah, but when I grew up in wrestling, it was always, you know... Tony Schiavone was the WCW guy, and now it's like, you know, going back to this old stuff, it's like, man. And he's side-by-side with Jesse Ventura, 
which gives me flashbacks to old WCW shows. I think they're literally both about to be calling a WCW show less than a year from this point. Yeah, Halloween Havoc 1990, they called together. So, that's so strange. They're on the call for Royal Rumble 1990, and then, like, ten months later, they'd be in WCW at Halloween Havoc. Oddly enough, dressed even dumber than they're dressed here. Yeah. I got, he kept making Mickey Mouse references all night. Yeah. He, he was in a Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. I feel like he had, a, like, the ears or the hat or something on. Then he tried giving a Mickey, like, a, a goofy hat to to Tony, and, and Tony kind of looked it over. He's like, I'll put it on later. And he just, like, drops it. Well, let's not overlook Tony Schiavone's uh, suit. I mean, like, he was going to go do magic. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Now watch my career disappear. <laughs> <laughs> too soon? All right, anyway. No, uh, he's actually on TV again, so no, it's not too soon. It's fine. Yeah. I, I always like, he was like, I, I spent one night in TNA, and I left the business for 12 years. <laughs> but we get the real... I'm going to leave that obvious joke alone. <laughs> We get the, not like his current company's doing any better. Anyways, go on. Good lord. Uh, we get the Rougeau brothers with Jimmy Hart. They're taking on the Bushwhackers. Yay. This went for 13 and a half minutes. I texted why do you. you uh, why do you say it sarcastically, man? I, I, I texted you. I said, turns on Royal Rumble 1990. Bushwhackers are in the opening match. Turns off Royal Rumble 1990. I highly disagree with that. I just, I've never, even as a kid, I, I didn't like the Bushwhackers. And now, I won't even shake their hands because of what you saw down in New Orleans. So, God, yeah. I have nightmares of that still. I wouldn't even, uh, see, without a pandemic, I wouldn't shake their hands. <laughs> but the crowd goes nuts for the Bushwhackers uh, while I facepalm and prepared for crap. Uh, R- R- Ramon still looks the same, but uh, <clears throat> to me, Jacques kind of looked like a middle-aged divorced dad who smells like Jack Daniels and only sees his kids every other weekend. Good God. <laughs> and he brags at the bar that in 1966, he scored four touchdowns in a single game while playing for his high school in the city championship game versus... I'm not going to acknowledge practice. that because you're tying in like epicness with crap, so no, I'm not going to even acknowledge that. Nope. Well, he. What do you. What do you mean, crap? <laughs> he scored the game-winning touchdown in the final seconds against his old nemesis, Bubba Spare Tire Dixon. All right. He plays hockey, so no. Now <laughs> uh, you can go with that old. Uh, you know, obviously, because he's no, because he's an all-American boy. All right. So no, he doesn't play hockey. He plays football like a uh, like an all-American boy. Yeah, I got you queued up. God's sake. <laughs> Can we not? That's <laughs> just... That is an uh, epic theme. See, I thought you were going to break out laughing about the the Married with Children reference. No! Good lord. I don't even watch I mean, that not show. When, not when I, tied in with this. I didn't even watch that show, but I tied that in special for you. With the, with the crap on the show! Could have been something way better. How dare you... Say that about Jacques and Ramon Rougeau. Anyway, uh, the Bushwhackers. Compare the great Al Bundy to a Frenchman. Oh, good lord, I should slap you for that. French Canadian. All right. Whatever. 
Uh, the Bushwhackers win with a battering ram to Jacques. Uncle Dave called this, quote, a terrible comedy match, and he gave it one-fourth of a star. I gave it one and a half stars for effort. What say you? <laughs> terrible comedy. <laughs> that was supposed to be good wrestling comedies. Uh, <laughs> I've seen some comedy matches that I didn't completely hate. This one, just garbage. But uh, Yeah, I gave it one star. I did say Jesse crying about the faces getting away with stuff. Like, no tags was pretty funny. What the... What was with them pairing these two teams up, by the way? I don't know. Like, the Rougeos weren't great. Well, because we they, all know about the, the famous Montreal-New Zealand feud. Also. Oh, well, yeah. But I, my thing was, like, the Rougeos were not a bad team. They've had some pretty good matches, but this just... Uh, what was the match we reviewed where they where uh, the Bushwhackers had Jameson with them? That uh, was SummerSlam 80, 80 or 90. 90. One of the SummerSlams. Yeah. 90, 91, I think. Jacques Rougeau, man, just like he was getting manatees or movies or whatever you want to call them. I was like, had you not worked out in a while? No wonder they put you in a Mountie suit. But Minchin Okerlund is backstage with Ted DiBiase and Virgil. Okerlund insists that last year DiBiase illegally got the number 30 spot. We then find he out did. that he, he bought I, it from Slick. Oh, okay, I was going to say, I didn't see Royal Rumble 89, so I wasn't up on the uh, what happened. My first, my first note on this was I love the continuity. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool how they always brought that back. Uh, we then find out that DiBiase drew number one this year. I will say, I always thought that DiBiase was just like, when you talk about, like, uh, the big players of, like, the golden era, like, he's obviously in the in the mix, whatever, but he was so freaking good, man. And he was always on top with, with Hogan. Or, you know, usually Hogan, but, like... Well, and man. it helps when you have Virgin in your corner, though, too. No, well, yeah, he was bringing the F money. And uh, then when you get to the back, he'd, you know, serve up some meat sauce. If you were lucky. Yeah. Uh, back in the ring, the genius reads a poem about Brutus the effin' barber beefcake. <laughs> which is his Christian name. But anyway, we get the genius versus Brutus the barber beefcake up next. It goes for just over 11 minutes. Ten minutes too long. Uh, the referee gets bumped, and Beefcake knocks out the genius with a sleeper hold before grabbing his cheers and cutting the genius's mullet. Mr. Perfect finally runs down and beats up Beefcake and hits a perfect plex just as the ref wakes up and calls for a double disqualification. Uncle Dave said that the crowd was into it, but it was pretty terrible. Apparently the fans were so irate with the heels that they were trying to jump the railing. He gave it one star. I give it one and a half. What say you? I gave it two. I don't think it was that bad. I don't think it was garbage. That's, I mean, I, I've never hated Brutus. I mean, I know the way I, I just talked about him. But. I don't know. I don't get the hate from everybody either. I mean, was he bad? I don't think he was ever bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I do people think are he was always just Hulk's friend. Yeah, people always act resentful because, like, well, Hulk kept getting him good spots and good jobs. It's like, wouldn't you? 
I mean, if your best friend was the guy, wouldn't you ride that into the ground? That's <laughs> like, oh, screw him for trying to feed himself. Gosh. Bastard. I mean, dude, he got to headline Starcade. That makes you an instant, like, legend. He was, like, in a big match at, uh, was it WrestleMania where he teamed with Hulk? Or, no, SummerSlam, right? Yeah. Okay. Right before this, actually. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I have a jack figure of him. Legend has it to, uh, apparently that he when he cut Papa's hair, yeah. no one knew it was going to happen, and Randy snapped on him in the back. Yeah, I heard that was another one. I, I, apparently, I, I'm going to assume that Savage didn't have the pull that Hogan did because Lanny was jobless there a few times. So, but and when he wasn't jobless, he was the genius. Yeah, so I mean, if I I will say I think uh, he lasted longer than he would have it, you know, not being Savage's brother. So, but yeah, I thought Poffo was a decent wrestler. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. I don't think. I said after the match, the genius holds Brutus as Mister Perfect beats him with a chair. It's the uh, I said it's the attack of the clone referees. As they come down to break it up, they all look the same. They had the same black hair, the same stupid, haircut, stupid bow ties. Yeah, the bow ties. I just I, the only way you could tell them apart was some were shorter than others. That was it. Some had more wrinkles. Yeah, but they break it up and they send Mister Perfect and the Genius to the back. I didn't realize, by the way, that like Damian Sandow just like. Damn near wholesale ripped off the genius with a lot of his stuff. Yep. <laughs> like the, down to the the cartwheel, uh, just everything. Um, one of my notes too was uh, genius shaking with his left hand. Why? Why was that so funny? <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. It was even funnier when Shivani acknowledged it too. It was like, why the hell is he shaking with his left hand? <laughs> oh my gosh. That was- there was something one time uh, in an indie fed where some guy like put their left hand out to shake for some reason. The other guy was like, left hands are for lovers. Wow. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know why it made me laugh so bad. But uh, Sean Mooney's backstage with Bobby Heenan, Rick Rude and Andre the Giant. Oh, and Haku. I, it was easy to miss Haku because he was like standing in the back, like behind everybody. Which is uh, funny, too, because he's not a small man. No, he's not. Uh, the heels will not reveal their numbers for the Rumble, and Mooney stirs the pot by asking what they're going to do if it all comes down to the Heenan family members in the match. And they walk away arguing. Uh, we get a quick commercial for WrestleMania Six coming to the Toronto Sky Dome. Man, it took me back. This is cool. Like <clears throat> they didn't even have to like advertise anything. They're just like, "Hey, WrestleMania Sky Dome going to happen." And boom, sell out. <clears throat> yeah, it just um, the dramatic music, just you know, everything. That was actually the first WrestleMania I ever really watched on pay per view. So, oh wow, that'll always be one of my favorites for that reason. I guess at this point, it was almost obvious what the main event was going to be, right? I mean, uh, once the Rumble match itself happens, yeah, yeah, because. Uh, I just love how Uncle Dave Meltzer is writing here. He's like, well, it's 
probably going to be the Warrior versus Hogan. I guess he was like physically in attendance for this Rumble. And he said, oh, you can hear all the kids, you know, arguing in the crowd over uh, who would win between Warrior and Hogan. And then, you know, of course, he has to sit there and he's like, oh, it's not going to be good. So I don't know why you want to see it. It's like, because they're effing kids and they're superheroes, basically. Well, his newsletter is not good. I don't want people want to pay for it. So there's that. <laughs> uh, I teed you up for that one. All right. We get uh, this next Nailed one. Uh, I have a feeling you and I are going to have drastically different opinions on this one, but we'll see. It's Greg the Hammer Valentine versus Rugged Ronnie Garvin in a submission match. The only way to win is via submission. It went just shy of 17 minutes. I said these two beat the absolute piss out of each other. Garvin has a big brace on his leg that they called the Hammer Jammer. Which I just got this figure, by the way. Did they, uh, wait, Ronnie Garvin? No, until, uh, Hammer. Oh, okay, I was gonna say, I don't think they made a Ronnie Garvin. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, uh, I have a Jacks figure of him. Of course you do. <laughs> I don't even know they uh, made that. <laughs> yeah. But apparently, this Hammer Jammer brace that he has on his leg, uh, makes it so the figure four doesn't hurt. Because, you know, reasons. Uh, Jimmy... <laughs> Jimmy Hart manages to take the hammer jammer off of Garvin's leg while he's knocked down. So Valentine is able to get a figure four locked in in the center of the ring, but that doesn't do it. Garvin eventually takes off Valentine's shin brace, which he calls the heartbreaker because it can't just be a brace. <laughs> and he ties Valentine in the ropes, pulls Jimmy Hart into the ring, and then after... Valentine comes after Garvin, but Garvin blasts him in the face with a heartbreaker, locks in the sharpshooter, which Tony Schiavone called a reverse figure four. And He wanted to call it the Scorpion Deathlock. He probably did, yeah. And Valentine finally gives up. What is it with Canadians? Gotta, gotta do the sharpshooter. I don't know, but I'm starting to wonder if it was made in Canada. Right. Uncle Dave said he thinks this should have been called a sudden death match because as soon as the match started, the crowd died. That's effed up. He gave it two stars. I actually gave it three stars. I enjoyed this. What say you? I gave it three, too. I loved it. I was my, Well, okay, so we do have similar opinions. This was my favorite match of the night besides the Rumble. So. Yeah, I, I just, it was never uh, boring at all because, like you said, they beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, it's I always liked and Greg Valentine. I do remember watching this when I was a kid, wondering what the hell a submission was. <laughs> well, they kept going back and forth between calling it a submission match and Jesse calling it an I quit match. So yeah. I the way like, it ends, too. Like, well, Valentine was shaking his head no, and I like how Shivani's like, well, maybe he meant he couldn't take no more. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he's like, I don't I know why that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I like, I like when he's arguing about it. And he's like, oh, he, he didn't submit. He's like, oh, well, the referee was right there. Well, he's, that, that doesn't mean anything. He's like, so are you calling the ref a liar? Well, maybe I am. <laughs> Good grief. That yeah. uh, that hammer jammer, by the way, it, it gave me a flashback to when Roddy Piper wore a, a, 
like he just it would look like just a regular vest when the Mountie shocked him, and it just said shockproof, and all of a sudden that makes him, you know, not able to be shocked. <laughs> oh well, then I was like, well, that's the hammer jammer. Essentially, you're wearing this, therefore it doesn't hurt. Yeah, well, hey, Goldberg should have borrowed that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Good lord. This, uh, I, like I said, the match was cool. It was really good. I mean, I didn't really listen to what the crowd did, but, uh, I mean, I don't One know. One of my notes about the whole show, too, is, like, how how much you can hear the crowd. Like, especially, like, the kids and stuff. Just yeah. reminds me what modern-day internet's done wrestling. It's completely ruined it. People just overthink the whole thing now. I don't disagree there. Uh, this I, I've told people before, I said... Crowds nowadays want to be more of a part of the show rather than spectators, and they're not watching a show. They want to get their little their little chants over and everything else, and they want to get their cat calling heard on TV. And it's just effing stupid. And now uh, they hold everybody to such a high standard too, as if they can do any better. By the way, like, yeah, you can't like Roman Reigns because he doesn't wrestle as good as Kurt Angle. Like, oh, well, okay, sorry. You know, oh, excuse the f out of me. Yeah, that's like that's like the mentality though, and it was not like that back then because, and I love the guy, but Hogan was never the best. Okay, <laughs> so Goldberg was so massively over. Goldberg was massively over, and he was just slightly above suck. So I mean, he was entertaining. Now these idiot marks, like you know, because the internet lets them be loud, they never shut the hell up. Well, welcome to twenty twenty one, Greg. <laughs> That's why, it, you know, for all the things I can say about, it's like, man, it sucks nobody's allowed at, at shows anymore, you know, right now during the pandemic, and they're having to call audibles with the uh, with the, the, the Thunderdome and everything. The two things I can say about it, one, it looks really cool, and two, you're not getting the cat calling and the stupid chants and crap like that all show. The dumbass signs. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I I enjoyed some of the signs, but yeah, some of them, it's like, really? Like, why? You wasted your time making this, and then you brought it to TV because you thought it would be, you know, a smart move. But we go to the fact, now that we're done complaining, getting off our soapbox here, Mean Gene Okerlund is backstage with Mr. Perfect. They show replays of Mr. Perfect's attack on Brutus Beefcake earlier in the night. uh, On who? Brutus the effin barber beefcake. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I thought my hearing went out. So. Yeah, we gotta gotta get his full Christian name in there. It's well, it says that on his driver's license, Greg. <laughs> he Is literally your... signs autographs like that. <laughs> he effin better. Uh, but he uh, does he... oh, Conrad said he does know. I know. That was... Well, that's why I said he better. <laughs> Conrad actually got him like somewhat famous in this year for something that, you know, isn't bad. I mean, I realize he's mocking him, but up until now, the last couple of years, the only thing he was known for was uh, forging Hulk Hogan's signature on things. All right. All right. Uh, Mean Gene asks, what number Mr. Perfect drew in the Royal Rumble? Perfect says that he drew the perfect number, which is number 30. So, I mean... I don't know about you, but... I mean, maybe I don't don't know what my thinking was when I was a kid, but I hated that they gave away what numbers 1 and 30 were. Kind of takes uh, away some surprise. 
the number one thing, I mean, they usually give that away because it's usually like that's this usually was like the first time and, they did. And I can't think of any other time unless they had a thing on Raw for it. So they didn't usually do it ever. So, oh, no, I'm talking about like like today, like uh, today's stuff. Like, oh, yeah, because they make it a thing. But, yeah. Yeah. No, back then. Yeah, it was not a. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I I was a little disappointed too because it takes like part of the fun of the rumble is like the surprise element, and there were a few. Now, had they just said flat out, "Hey, DiBiase is number one because he bought number thirty last year," that would have made some sense. Right? Yeah. But this one, it's like (laughs) just uh, bad luck of the draw, man. Which I'm sorry, I don't buy. I mean, I know it's entirely possible, but no. (laughs) Yeah, dumb luck, man. Back to the arena where we get the Brother Love Show, where Bruce, Pritchard, where Bruce Pritchard starts off the segment by deep-throating his microphone. <laughs> he then introduces sensational Queen Sherry, coming out looking only like she can look, uh, wearing a sparkling gold dress. They talk about Sapphire's weight and her looks, and they call her a peasant. Before calling out Sweet Sapphire, who comes out dancing, doing the one dance move she knows how to do. I will even say... Je- even Jesse Ventura on commentary gets into the weight thing. Yeah, I know. This is messed up. And she wasn't even, like, a large woman. I mean, she might have had, like, a few extra pounds on her, but it's like... She wasn't what I would have called fat. I, I don't know. And I know it's like... That was just a thing. They were like, well, we got to pick at her for something. She's a, a lowly peasant, but I don't know. I did laugh at uh, uh, Tony Schiavone when, when Ventura was like, well, which one of these women would you want to go out on a date with? And, and, <laughs> and he was like, well, I don't, you know, I, and talk about Sherry. He's like, I don't like women with uh, painted pineapples above their eyes. <laughs> like how Jesse's like, you got to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but Sherry and Brother Love talk trash to Sapphire, not letting her speak at all. And they repeatedly mock her weight until Sapphire finally hauls off and smacks Sherry. The Macho King runs down. He grabs Sapphire before Dusty Rhodes comes out for the save. But he gets jumped by Macho. Sapphire jumps not on Macho Man's back. This allows Dusty to make a comeback. Macho and Sherry eventually take a powder, uh, while Brother Love stands in the ring like an idiot and mocks Dusty and Sapphire. Because nothing ever bad happens to him, you know, when he does crap like this. <laughs> Dusty oh, beats up... sarcastically? I know. Dusty comes in, beats up Brother Love, and uh, Sapphire slaps him. Dusty dumps Brother Love out of the ring. By the way, did you notice frickin' that spill that... Brother Love took out of the ring. I was like, holy crap, he launched his ass. Uh, But uh, then Dusty and Sapphire dance while his theme song plays. And Jesse complains the whole time about it. He's like, don't we have a video package or something in the back we can throw it to? Like, good lord. Oh, Dusty must dance. Hogan must pose. Dusty must shake that ass. They had to at least thought about Hogan and Dusty WrestleMania, right? I'm going to say no, because it seemed like Vince didn't seem much of a value in Dusty as a main eventer at this point. But I feel like that was money left on the table. Like, how could you not draw a house with that? 
don't know. And Dusty was a big deal back in the old WWF before uh, Vinny Jr. there took over. So, I don't know. Uh, Sean Mooney's backstage with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, asking Duggan about his upcoming match against the Big Boss Man. I said, uh, Duggan seems like his biggest opponent of the night is the English language. God, man. <laughs> that was one of my first notes. I'm like, you know, I'm just real. Maybe it took me this long to realize, but every one of his promos is incoherent. And it, <laughs> right. it always ends with him going, yeah, USA. I'm like, you know, Boss Man's American, right? So... He's not American, Greg. He's from Georgia. <laughs> Does it get any more American than that? <laughs> I don't know. Are we going to point out that he had a rebel flag on his? No, outfit? we're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's going to breeze by that. All right. Yeah, I don't know, man. This was because he like he must have a word. He's like, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what are you doing, dude? That was like his. That was like the first two seconds. Just, just, just boss man. <laughs> right. This was like, uh, God dang it, dude! But uh, I have a Jack's figure of him, by the way. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> we get the big boss man with Slick versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan in six minutes and thirteen seconds. Uh, obviously, Hacksaw didn't have a theme by this point. I just, I always remember him coming out to... It's literally about to be there very soon. Oh, okay. Like, I think by the next pay-per-view. Or but, after, after WrestleMania, sorry. But didn't Bossman have a theme? Because here he's coming out the Slicks theme. That was his theme. He turns face in like a couple weeks. So he, oh, so he gets his, his own theme when he turns babyface? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, That's that about makes... to happen like a couple of weeks. That makes sense, because when I hear his old theme, I cannot picture a heel coming out to that. Um, but, one thing I forgot to mention, too, like all the changes. Yeah. Uh, poor Val Greg Valentine's about to be in Rhythm and Blues very soon. Like, maybe the next taping. <laughs> and then Bossman's about to turn face. Yeah, Val <laughs> yeah, Valentine is about to join Rhythm and Blues and want to kill himself. Mountie's about to be there. Like I said, man, no Double wonder they... about to be completely changed. <laughs> I can just see them walking up to Jacques Rougeau with, like, a Mountie outfit in one hand, uh, uh, like, clippers in the other hand. It's like, shave your face and put this on to cover up your body. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, uh, by the way, apparently, because of the taping schedule and everything, Boss Man had already turned face on a previous taping. It just hasn't aired yet. So, here he's a heel. Uh, the end of the match was. A Did he have any interaction in this favor with Akeem? Uh, no, because uh, he wasn't. Yes, he wasn't. He wasn't in the Rumble, was he, Boss Man? I don't think so. No, I don't think no one did double duty until Roddy Piper in '92. Ah, uh, okay. Pretty sure he's the first one ever to do it. Makes sense. Uh, but the ending of the match was a complete mess. Slick is on the apron. Hacksaw throws Big Boss Man into him, knocking him down. But then he, like, forgot that he was supposed to give Bossman his nightstick, so he no-sells the bump, stands right up, hands it to him. And Bossman... Oh, and then he jumps up and tries to distract the referee, and Bossman blasts Duggan with a nightstick and gets disqualified. Oh, my God. Uncle Dave said that he's pretty sure that cruel and unusual punishment is outlawed by the Supreme Court, but watching Jim Duggan try to wrestle for ten minutes falls into that territory. Yeah. Ouch. Just, 
Can't wait to see a Dave Meltzer match for 10 minutes and he can show us how it's done, huh? <laughs> right. Uh, he said, however, he's really impressed by the boss man's weight loss for his upcoming babyface run as he's down to about 270 or so and legit weight uh, weighs less than Duggan at this point. Uh, wait till he sees him back in the Attitude Era. That was <laughs> weight loss. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this negative two and one-fourth stars. Yikes, I gave it one star. What say you? <laughs> I gave it one. One of my favorite parts about the whole match was, was when uh, Ventura was like, well, why does he get to carry that two-by-four out? Tony Schumann's like, well, that's his, his sidekick. That's, you know. And then Jesse comes back with, well, when have you not seen a policeman without a baton or a nightstick? <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, wow, he's totally right. It just really got him there. <laughs> right. Like, matter of fact, I may argue it makes more sense for him to have that than Duggan to have the 2x4. It does. I never understood what the 2x4 had to do with anything. But because this... there's nothing more American than a 2x4, idiot. Yeah. Uh, well, he. Uh, if there's one thing we can always say about Jim Duggan, he always had wood. Good God. <laughs> Come on. But anyway, yeah, so this man Meltzer was in full-on burial mode with this match, man. Like that was some rough stuff. Well, yeah, it would have been like three or four stars in the Tokyo Dome, right? Right. Uh, Duggan grabs his two by four after the match. He blasts Boss Man in the back, knocking him out of the ring. He then throws Slick out of the ring. He waves the American flag around, getting the crowd to join in with a USA chant. There you go. Yeah, get that stupid Georgian out of here. Yeah, right. Uh, we get another quick commercial for WrestleMania 6 before we go to the quick promos from Royal Rumble participants. We get uh, Earthquake. I miss Dino these, by the way. Yeah, these were cool, too. Another aspect of the Royal Rumble that kind of went by the wayside. But we get Earthquake and Dino Bravo and Jimmy Hart first. Was he officially just the Earthquake at this point? Yeah, though that Canadian flag's coming off like very quickly. Okay, yeah, because he's just wearing a generic singlet with a Canadian flag on the front, like he was made and create a wrestler. And I think um, Survivor Series '89, they edit out Canadian. Yeah. Okay, I was wondering which event it was, uh, and. Jesse Ventura during this match at one point calls him the Canadian Earthquake. That's why I was like, is he still? I don't know. But we then go to Demolition. Next we get an odd promo from Bad News Brown and his teeth that could cut keys. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes uses his promo time to talk about the Macho King Randy Savage. The Rockers are up next wearing outfits that they should be embarrassed of. Uh, Hercules is next with a generic heel promo. The model Rick Martell and his epic mullet tells us how beautiful he is. And then we get... He Tito's, was. And then Tito Santana and his epic mullet shouts at us before Jimmy Snuka screams at us about fighting people back, quote, on the islands. <laughs> uh, I just... I feel like he had, like... He he had, like, a 15-second promo with five seconds of stuff to say. Because the first five seconds was him going, whoo, whoo. And then that was also the last five seconds. So, yeah. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> uh, Slick and Akeem are up next. Akeem is just constantly gyrating and moving around as Slick speaks. 
Yeah, dude, I'm like, dude, do you ever just like stand still for like one second? <laughs> Given his size, I would say he doesn't move around a- enough, but regardless, the <laughs> sorry, I I apologize. Lord, I apologize. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior with his yellow-strapped Intercontinental title cuts a promo, I guess, but I couldn't understand a single damn word he said uh, until he said something about Hulk Hogan having a force field around him. I understood that. Uh, when these were all over, I felt like I just came down off a weird acid trip. This was uh, back-to-back stuff, man. But then we get a couple more here. Uh, they break it up with commentary, and then we go to Macho King Randy Savage cutting his promo about how great he is and about Dusty Rhodes. Mr. Fuji and the Discount Road Warriors, known as the Powers of Pain, are up next. And Mr. Fuji cuts his uh, his normal promo where he's like the little evil Japanese guy, I guess. Jake Roberts tries to get psychological about the Royal Rumble match. I, I always love Jake. And the Hart Foundation are up next, and Jim Neidhart acts like he's taken... All the cocaine. Brett, he, <laughs> Brett Hart has to tell him to mellow out. This was, I was like, what the hell is going on with Jim Neidhart? He's taking all the cocaine. <laughs> yeah. You remember that scene in Birds of Prey where the cocaine explodes and like Harley Quinn like sniffs up some of it and she's like, hmm, <laughs> and she beats everybody up? Yes. This was it, man. <laughs> Uh, but Jim, Jimmy Hart and Honky Tonk Man are next talking about music as if anybody cares. And then finally, you get the main event here is Hulk Hogan bringing up, uh, bring us home with his loud, shouty promo about the power of Hulkamania. And then he poses and flexes and has the cocaine sweats. <laughs> I'm sorry. Second cocaine reference of the podcast. <sighs> These promos were great. But I always laugh at him. Like there, it was like good and funny all at the same time. I just I miss it. Clearly, yeah. But all right, we uh, we're gonna take <laughs> we're gonna take our second to last break here. When we come back, it's the Royal Rumble match. Right after this, follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. You'll never believe it. I mean, I hardly could. Kohl's has epic deals right now, and they're going to make for an epic 4th of July. I got the cutest $6.99 Americana tees, $19.99 Tech Gear shorts for me, and Toastmaster kitchen gadgets for less than 10 bucks. I even got Kohl's cash and picked up my order in less than an hour. So yeah, cue the fireworks, because these savings are definitely worth celebrating. Select style sale ends July 4th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Thanks. He order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. Main event time, everybody. It's a 30-man over-the-top Royal Rumble match. 
It went for 58 minutes, 46 seconds. Ted DiBiase and Coco Beware start us out at number one and number two, respectively. DiBiase tosses Coco before the number three, Marty Jannetty, comes in. He tosses Jannetty before number four, Jake the Snake, comes in. Number five is the Macho King in the weirdest outfit I've ever seen him wear, which is saying something. Uh, the heels double-team Jake uh, before number six, Roddy Piper, comes out for a surprise. And the crowd just blows their crap for him. But I guess Piper, when was the last time we saw Piper? Uh, he returned at WrestleMania 5, so... Like, what do you mean, here, or what? Well, I would, I, like, was he consistently wrestling in the company at this point, or was he making... Yeah, he, retur- he returned at WrestleMania 5, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I I forgot about that, yeah, okay. Uh, the Warlord comes out number 7, number 8's Bret Hart, Bad News Brown number 9, Macho King eliminates Jake Roberts with a clothesline, number 10's Dusty Rhodes... In two years, that feud's going to be reversed, <laughs> Wait, what? Robbers, Macho Man, like in two years, it's going to be completely reversed. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, number 10 is Dusty Rhodes, who comes out and just elbow craps. Er, <laughs> elbow craps. Dang it. What the hell? <laughs> Oops. Uh, who comes out and elbows the crap out of Macho King over and over before back body dropping. I'm out of the ring for the elimination. Andre the Giant's number 11. He eliminates the Warlord with one arm as Heenan and Fuji get into a spat outside the ring. So what happened to the Warlord with two arms? (laughs) Shut up. Uh, Number 12, by the way, is your favorite and mine, the man who has a special place in all of our hearts, the Red Rooster. Did uh, did you notice, by the way, the crowd did not care at all for him? I feel like he was the uh, only person that got zero reaction. You could have heard a mouse pissing on cotton. Yeah. Baddies Brown's giving him run for his money on that, but <laughs> I still think he might have got kind of a couple boos. I didn't, I didn't understand how Bad News Brown had a job at this point. Not that he was bad in the ring or anything. It's just like, like you said, nobody gave a damn. But yeah, it was the number. It was Uncle Dave's number one nephew right here, the Red Rooster. <laughs> Roddy Piper eliminates Brad uh, Bad News Brown, and then Bad News pulls Piper out of the ring by his hair, eliminating him. They brawl to the back, so that's setting up for their epically racist feud coming up. That was uh, good stuff. Uh, see how that flies in 2020. Right, yeah. Hey, does somebody want to paint themselves black and do the promos of a black guy for their feud in 2020? I, I'm going to say no. Demolition Axe is lucky number 13 as Andre eliminates the Red Rooster. Oh no, he was my pick! <laughs> number 14 is Haku who looks like he's wearing women's leggings from Target number 15 is Demolition Smash Hakeem the African Dream is 16 Demolition teams up to eliminate Andre the Giant Bret Hart got eliminated next number, Bret Hart got eliminated while Andre was being eliminated so like I didn't even notice Jesse Ventura had to, had to inform me uh, number 17 is Superfly Jimmy Snuka uh, he eliminates Akeem. 18 is Dino Bravo. Earthquake's number 19. Uh, Earthquake eliminates Dusty Rhodes and uh, Axe. Jimmy Anvil Nightheart's 20. Everyone teams up to eliminate Earthquake. The crowd explodes for number 21 as it's the ultimate warrior. He eliminates Dino Bravo. Uh, model The model Rick Martel, number 22. Smash gets tossed by Haku. 
Number 23 is Tito Santino, who goes right for Rick Martel. Okay, were they still feuding at this point, or was this just kind of like... Dude, they feuded for like two and a half years. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, if it ain't broke. Uh, Honky Tonk Man enters number 24. He's my new pick. And the heels team up on the Warrior. Was he eating broccoli? <laughs> We're going to leave that right... We're going to leave that right with that bad daddy. Somebody else. <laughs> uh, Jim Neidhart gets eliminated. The Warrior eliminates Ted DiBiase next. He's finally out. Hulk Hogan's number 25. The crowd explodes for him. Hogan tosses Jimmy Snuka, then Haku. Both the Island Boys are out. Uh, the Warrior eliminates Tito Santana. Number 26 to the match is Shawn Michaels. Uh, Hogan eliminates Honky Tonk Man, I feel, as Shawn Michaels is coming into the ring. Don't blink because the Warrior tosses Michaels right away, and then Rick Martel. Uh, Warrior and Hogan then stare each other down and repeatedly shove and shoulder block each other. And they both do a double down when number 27, the Barbarian, enters. This soon to be headlining a WCW event for a world title, by the way. The Barbarian? Mm hmm. What, what event was that? Uh, I think it was a Halloween Havoc against Ron Simmons. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> and why? <laughs> Hell if I know. <laughs> what? I want to say it was 92, I think. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like. What the F? Him and Brutus the F and Barber Beefcake headline WCW shows for world titles. For reasons. Yeah. I just, wow. But yeah, I like how they gave us enough My of a My point is, though, there were quite a few main eventers in here at this point. So. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they gave us just a little taste of Hogan Warrior, by the way, without just, like, you know, giving us everything. Just a little bit to get us excited, but they didn't give away the farm. Uh, Rick Rude's 28. Rude and Barbarian try to eliminate the Ultimate Warrior, but Hogan hits them in the back, and Warrior gets dumped out. Warrior then runs in, beats up all the heels, and then he runs away. <laughs> I was like, what did I just watch? Uh, number 29 in the Rumble is Hercules. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules! Uh... The number 30 entrant is obviously Mr. Perfect. Uh, Hercules dumps out the Barbarian. Rick Rude eliminates Hercules. Hogan throws Rude into the ropes as Mr. Perfect accidentally pulls him down to eliminate Rude. Then Hogan finally chucks out Mr. Perfect and wins the whole match. The crowd goes crazy. And now you know what time it is, Greg. Hogan must pose, pal. Uncle Dave and I both gave this three stars. I thought it was a fairly fun rumble. What say you? I said three as well. I loved it. Yeah, and this was obviously before the days of the winner gets a world title shot. But yeah, so that's still about three years off. <laughs> really? I thought. Well, yeah, because '92 was the first one that was like for the world title. Yeah. And so '93 was the first then. Mm-hmm. Man. Didn't you say Hogan won two years? This was like his repeat win. This was his first of two. Oh, for, oh, so he wins the next year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Who won it in 89? Big John Stud. Oh, yeah. That's right, because the first two winners were like, eh. You know, because in 88 we get Jim Duggan, 89 we get Big John Stud. And it's like, hell of a way to bring it up with Hogan two years in a row after that. And then Ric Flair. Oh, Which yeah. I don't think anyone ever would have called that. Yeah, who do you think is going to win, you know, one of the 
biggest matches in uh, the WWF? Well, Ric Flair. <laughs> the NWA fans would have murdered you if you would have said that back then. But here we are. But yeah, so that's the show. Uh, I think we should take our final break. When we come back, let's dive into the final ratings. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, final ratings time for the show. IMDb gave this 7.2 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 5.71 out of 10. I'm right in between. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. What say you? I gave it a B plus. I liked it. Yeah. And there's something to be said, especially, you know, with you growing up on it, there's something to be said for the nostalgia factor as well. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I'm, I I like going back and looking at this stuff just, uh, you know, from a historical point of view. I gave it a 6.5 just because I'm, like, looking over the whole show. The Rumble match was, I thought, really good. The submission match I thought was really good. And just the rest of the card was just kind of there for me. Um, so it wasn't anything to, that I was really caring about. Yeah, so it had two really good matches on the card, I thought. If you ha- if you got to go back and watch one thing on the show... <laughs> Uh, obviously the Rumble match. Go out of your way to watch it. Yeah. I would point you to the Rumble match, but also, yeah, definitely go out, go check out that Greg Valentine versus uh, Ron Garvin match. I I thought it was pretty damn good. Uh, there, there was a lot of historical stuff on the show, around the show, you know, all that. So going back uh, to the golden era is nice sometimes. I, I, I enjoy it. Well, you know what's not nice, Greg, is what we got coming up next week. <laughs> uh, I mean, I hope you all stick around and tune in because, I mean, we have fun with the good shows and the bad shows. And I've never seen this, but because of where it falls on a timeline, I'm going to say it's probably not good. January 13th, recovering WCW sold out 2000. This is a real event. I've, like I said, never seen it. I'm... I'm not going to say I'm looking forward to watching it, <laughs> but uh, I'm anxious to see what the hell was going on in January of two. Like, this was January, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not a Russo event. I think he's gone before he comes back. No, no. 
Yeah, because this was before the big reboot, I believe. Yeah, because that was what April. He went from uh, he went from um, October to December, I believe, and then from April to September. Wow, like this was. I don't get that he he was there for like I don't know how long he was in the WWF. It was a, it was quite a while, and then he goes to WCW and he's there literally two months before he has to go home and cry, bro. <laughs> Two months before he damn near has a nervous breakdown. And I'm not making fun of people that, you know, have nervous breakdowns. But it's just like, if you listen to anybody who had to work with him, they were like, man, he was the most sensitive MFer. Like, you look at him New Yorkers were tough. You would think. Maybe that's why he moved to Indiana. But he had to, you know, and, and if you ever disagreed with him or you, you know, looked at him cross-eyed he'd have to go home and cry he would talk to the boss and it's just like i cried bro it's like nut up man bro when bischoff told me i sucked i cried bro (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah this is wcw sold out 2000 we are a few months before just before we go to the big reboot where Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff try to run the company together. And, and my fa- running into the ground. Yeah. My favorite thing, and I'm saying this sarcastically, my favorite thing from that reboot was when uh, Eric Bischoff tells Sid to surrender the title and he won't do it. He's like, what's the matter, Sid? You don't have your scissors? Yeah. And nobody cared at all. And then he had to repeat the line because he, I don't know if he was like, well, nobody reacted. Maybe I should repeat it because they didn't hear it. No, we heard it. Uh, we just didn't we care. We just didn't want it. Yeah. Like, leave that right way with that, baby. But I'll laugh somebody else. <laughs> we are going back to the Royal Rumbles and sticking around in the year 2000 because while on the 13th next week, we're covering Sold Out 2000, which was the January effort of that year from WCW. We get the January effort from the WWF the next week. Because on January 20th, we're covering Royal Rumble 2000, which I can't imagine was any better than sold out. No? Nothing? No. (laughs) Come on. Ah, But anyway, all right. But that's it. We've also got some ECW coming up this month and some more golden era WWF classic stuff for our bonus show. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And we will come at you all next week with WCW from the year 2000. We apologize in advance. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. The been thinking about McDonald's all day can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. 
There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.